0: and welcome to Ludicast, the gaming podcast by gamers for everyone. I'm Stuart, uh, and I suppose you're Peter?
1: Yeah, go on then.
0: And this week we'll be discussing the Fallout from E3. See what I did there? (laughs)
1: The the, the Fallout. Yeah,
0: and talking about (laughs) the games (laughs) we're playing now and what we're looking forward to playing next. So let's crack on straight with E3. What did you take
1: from it? Uh, You know what? I'm going to go out on a limb and say I wasn't that impressed with it.
0: Yeah, I wasn't too excited either, but go on, you first. Why not?
1: Well, I just feel like even it's what, two years now since everything's come out, like these consoles, and there's still nothing that's making me going, Whoa, that they needed the Xbox One or the PS four to do that. You know, it's kinda of like, yeah, the graphics are a bit better, but what we got? We got another fallout, we got another that's quite yeah.
0: exciting, is not it? We talked about that in the last episode. But the Fallout, Fallout Four is quite, is quite exciting, but
1: I, I think we've already had that problem with what's Boston anyway. And blah, blah, blah. Mm. But It's like okay, they they didn't show anything that makes me think it's going to be like I was asking for last time—a bigger, more interesting world. It's just kind of cool graphics, yay. And you know, then we got you know, more football. We've got more shooting. We've got more, you know, more Call of Duty, more more Halo. What o- what's
0: exciting me I I enjoyed that sound effect immensely. Uh, what's exciting me though is the fact that it seems B-b-b-ble. to be more PC centric than previous E3s. The PC hmm. seems to have gained a, a larger niche and more of a foothold and, and more visibility within within gaming which previously has been, you know, console bound for many years. It's quite political, isn't it? Is it really? Well, know, let's not go. Gamers. Let's not go there too much. Uh, but yeah, I, I, there's there's a lot of um, titles. PC seems to be seems to have come to the fore a bit more. But mm. what, what interested me about E3 was um, so, for example, uh, I've been been googling you know the top news from E3, and I've looked at lots of different sites, including IGN, PC Gamer, and a few mainstream sites like the New York Times and various other mainstream titles. And none of the games they they cited as the top most exciting games you, you should most consider from E3 interested me in the slightest. The two bits of news from E3 that I was most excited by, have, actually, having said that, I'm quite interested in FIFA 16, and Star Wars Battlefront. but
1: As one should be.
0: As one should be, but those titles uh, weren't... That that wasn't news from E3. Those titles were announced pre-E3, I believe. Yeah, that's another
1: thing with the whole way they're actually running E3 these days, which is quite weird. Um, I think everyone's afraid that they'll get lost in the news bustle, the and new everybody storm. announces it a month early, which is odd. But yeah, well, okay, so if I had to ask you for uh, one key takeaway, what would it well, that be? Well, actually,
0: I was, gonna, I was about to give you two, because uh, the, the big titles uh, that were announced, the big news from E3, I just wasn't interested in at all, but the, the two bits of news that did it interest me was, one was Dishonored 2, um, which right. I never played Dishonored, but I, w- I was very tempted by it, I thought it looked really good, Dishonored 2, yeah, it's another game I might be very tempted by and play. Uh, Looks I think nice. you played Dishonored, didn't you?
1: I did, Um, I had... I had this problem with it, which a few people had, where it was great and it was lovely. And, and obviously the art direction... Do you know it's the guy off Half-Life 2 who did the art direction? Really? That like, is yeah. ex- that is exciting the guy in like itself. created City... Was it called, City 17? I can't remember now. Anyway, that guy.
0: City 7? 7, oh, I can't remember. I think it was 17. Yeah. Anyway,
1: so basically, a lovely game, felt great. The, the problem with it was it, it wanted you to be stealthy and it wanted you to, if possible, not kill someone. There were kind of so many achievements available for not killing anyone for the duration of the entire game. The only character upgrades you got, and I'm serious here, all of them were offensive and not kind of defensive or stealth based So it's kind of like, hey, you know Throw a knife and you'll kill more people Because the knife splits into more knives And I can't even remember that But it was like really aggressive, bloodletting type stuff So in the end, you're, you're struggling as the game gets harder and harder But you had got no better Because I wasn't buying any of these upgrades To make me kill more Because I was trying to kill no one So I ended up just kind of mired Halfway through the game Thinking like, well, I, I can't complete this In the way they're asking me to which that's that's a shame because like one of the
0: one of the all time gaming classics or FPS gaming classics classics is um, Deus Ex and mm. what's fabulous about that game is the, is the, is the branching storyline and the number of different ways there are to do things Absolutely. so you, you can go through the entire game or you can go um, through the entire game as a, as a murderous bastard on a massive killing rampage or you can go through um, just you know using conversation using other tools sneaking there's so many different ways to do it and each are equally valid and you can complete the game each way it sounds yeah. like Dishonored dis- tried to do that but, 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 but what I imagine and I, I think I said this in the last episode as well there's some marketing exec going no more guns no more knives nan- and that basically influenced the entire ethos.
1: I think you're right. It's, it's, the, it's the same collective suit thinking which turned conversation, uh, you, you know, the ability to persuade people, for example, in Oblivion into some sort of weird turning dial chance game rather than actually just you are good at talking so you can get results. I
0: quite liked that, but uh, did I, you like, I was just positively disposed towards Oblivion I, anyway. I think you
1: can trace gaming from how Deus Ex did it perfectly to how it got more and more watered down. Like, in fact, finishing with the Deus Ex they released about three years ago, which was basically a third-person action game with a few... You know, I
0: don't really understand. I mean, did Deus Ex not do that? I think maybe it didn't do that well commercially, because it's been cited by most reviewers and most of the public mm. as, as one of the best games ever created for mm. so many different reasons, but nothing else has really gone down the same route. No one's tried to ape it, or if they have, they've done it very, very badly. I, don't, I think I'm it was ahead of its
1: time, and I think it didn't appeal to... Well, in
0: that case, it's still ahead of its time, because still nothing's yeah. come, come along and done the same thing.
1: I'd argue this. I'd definitely argue this. So we're um, just agreeing? I'm afraid we're agreeing. I'm boring. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> sorry. Something we can I'm disagree so on. Um, um,
0: before- the, the, the other game I just wanted to mention from E3. Uh, it's a very niche thing. and I'm, I'm, I'm quite a big um, Elder Scrolls Online player. I haven't is it achieved, Cuphead? I haven't played. Is it what? Is it Cuphead? It's not Cuphead. No, I don't even know what that is, but I'm sure you're about to tell me. Um, but I, So I play Elder Scrolls Online um, now and again, and uh, there's the, they've announced a card game. Uh, so, Zenimax will be uh, building a card game based on um, ESO. I'm quite a big um, sort of fantasy card player. I like Magic the Gathering a lot, play Hearthstone. I found a new mobile game called um, Spellcraft, uh, which I'm really enjoying. So, the, the prospect of another oh, one yeah. set in the Older Scrolls universe, uh, I think, sounds the really good. The prospect
1: of another one sounds good. Doesn't sound like there's too many. I didn't even know about this thing. I've never, I didn't know this was happening. I'm anything. sure Did you it? didn't, yeah. So, this it's is an niche. attempt to, what, to knock Hearthstone off the. It's I, not niche because everyone plays Hearthstone. Everyone except me. Yeah, plays Hearthstone, Hearthstone.
0: Hearthstone is massive. But things like yeah. I mean, but then Magic: The Gathering is a massive game. There's there's huge numbers of people across the world that that, that play that game. Uh, Wizards of the Coast makes so much money from it. It's not even funny. They're called uh, Wizards of the Coast, and you haven't heard of them. And they're they no. absolutely huge. They do lots of different things. But um, but anyway. Uh, it's a huge game, but outside of that niche, outside of that, that specific very large group of people, um, then no one's even heard of it and plays it at all. So, uh, so yeah, you've heard of Hearthstone probably because I play it. Um, I've well, heard it of Hearthstone because every,
1: every, everybody plays it but, but and, and that, it, it keeps uh, topping lists. Hearthstone of,
0: has, has, kind of, has made the genre explode a little bit because that's unusual in its popularity.
1: The card game genre.
0: Yeah, the online card game, the sort of right. fantasy card game See, genre. I know that, that was a genre. Like yeah. well, Obviously, I know Magic I'm, I'm the Gathering. am get a genre,
1: and I know there was a kind of a not a struggle, but there was a development and a journey to turn Magic the Gathering from a cardboard card game into a computer card game. Which and it's took, been very successful. It makes a, yeah. a truckload. Yeah, yeah. But I, I just I think it's interesting now that do you not? Isn't a small part of you thinking? Oh, they're just making another one because they see a, a marketing opportunity rather than because of Oh yeah, of, of course. Of it, but that's you know? true
0: of every single game you could ever mention. They're, all, they're It's all oh. being made because of marketing opportunities, but that doesn't make them bad games. Um, for example, Hearthstone was... Uh, what I like about Hearthstone is that it very, very accurately, and this is typical Blizzard, very accurately identifies the weaknesses of previous um, games in the genre Mm -hmm. so obviously you know uh, there's I've noticed for years I used to be a big World Mm of Warcraft player there's a lot of similarities between Magic the Gathering and World of Warcraft there's a lot of cross-references between the two there's uh, specific um, words and names that come from Magic the Gathering that find their way into Warcraft and vice versa so you can see there's that you know the two groups are looking at one another admiringly but Hearthstone has taken the pinpointed the weaknesses of Magic the Gathering and uh, done away with them and produced a very cogent Enjoyable game that doesn't have the frustrations that Magic does. For example, in, in uh, a lot all of the time, you can't actually do anything in Magic because if your deck doesn't deliver you the right lands, then you just sit there dying slowly, and it's yeah. very, very irritating. When it works, it's beautiful. When it doesn't, it's frustrating. In it's Hearthstone, slick. you it's always quick. have what you need, so you have always got decisions you can make. You can always affect the game. Yeah. you will you, still, you know, lose as much as you win, but it'll, but you'll be able to. It won't be just because your you know deck didn't work or because you were very very unlucky. It'll be you know because other clearly defined reasons. So for that, it does work very well. From there, the ESO card game. I don't know. I'm sure thematically and stylistically I'll enjoy it because I like that aesthetic, I like that universe. But um, you know, will it move the genre on in the same way that Hearthstone does? Who knows?
1: That's the thing, right? Because if you've got a few players in this what what I guess is developing genre, they're going to start butting heads and they're going to start refining their individual games to keep competing with each other and that is what we call evolution. Yeah.
0: I think that's I think that's a good competition, thing. competition, competition and evolution. But that's the thing. Just to mention briefly, the um, Spellcraft, the game I mentioned, which um, I play on, it's, it's a mobile game, um, and that moves the genre on slightly because it's. Um, it's sort of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Column-based. So in all these other games, you cast spells and creatures, and they go wherever they go on the board, and you decide who attacks who and 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 um, and and how well. Um, in can spellcraft, you see my eyes glazing. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I yeah. can. In spellcraft, it's uh, there's like five columns, and your creature occupies a column, and it just attacks the other creature in the opposite column. So that's you know, it's a different thing. It's new, and it's. Uh, or new to me anyway, um, and it makes it makes some interesting and different strategic decisions. So they're not all just variations of the same game. No. They're in the same genre, but they've got different differentiations.
1: I wish you the best of luck with your card games. <laughs>
0: Thank you very much. Anything else from E3 from you?
1: Yes. They released a new trailer for Cuphead, which I do feel I should talk about, because it's... It's uh, a ridiculous name. It's, ridi- it's a ridiculous name. It's an even more ridiculous uh, concept. Imagine uh, the... 90s classic platform shooters of Treasure. I don't you ever heard of Treasure? Gunstar Heroes? Alien Soldier?
0: These are all words with which I'm familiar.
1: Okay. You're basically... They're, they're boss-focused, kind of extremely fast-paced shooters. They're almost like... I think, you know, if you do what the bullet hell shooter is? It's like a scrolling spaceship shooter type, sort of, you know, 1948 type things. But Can you see my eyes starting to glaze over? Of, there's bullets everywhere. Your eyes couldn't glaze over because it's so frenetic you'd have a nervous breakdown if your eyes glazed over because you'd miss something. So imagine that, but as a platformer. So you've got a little bloke running about, loads of stuff flying about. So all of that, but done in a sort of 1930s Disney... What's the guy called it? Max Fleischer or something? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, the the kind of weird, bobbly Disney people with the boggly eyes.
0: Did you ever play 1984 Spectrum classic Commando? which was mostly yellow but it was quite good.
1: I did but I don't understand what has to do with this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was
0: just bored and wanted to move on. <laughs> no because that was that was a that was a scrolling uh, sort of a platform with bullets flying everywhere. I thought
1: that like, was done from the back though, Commando, wasn't that? Uh,
0: it was I said scroll I screen. said scrolling. Well uh, no, you actually it, the scroll the, the screen moved from uh the screen sort of moved down so you sort of ran up the yeah. screen. But it was it was it was constantly scrolling Imagine and there that, a lot the of bullets flying all over, all over the not place. Not
1: scrolling. And in 1930s, Disney style. So quite different. So like a giant, I don't know, like a giant banana's just attacking you and you're just jumping everywhere. And you're Mickey Mouse, but you've got a cup for a head. And then I woke up and E3 hadn't even started yet. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, no, uh, it's been it's been on the cards for about two years and it's singularly the only thing I care about. And it's on the ID at Xbox scheme, which is basically uh, Microsoft is funding independent developers to make weird stuff. Oh, that's pretty cool. So it's like, you know how you guys have had Steam forever. We've basically got you this guys. handful of things. Yeah, UPC... You master race. We're going to rule the world, you know. There. Um, and, and while we... I think you already do. I think this is what I'm having to start accepting. Um, and while we're there, I, I think I may as well excite you, because I think you've probably um, overlooked this one. But Rare, a company you've probably never heard of... No. Uh, ...who made a little game called GoldenEye in 64, for example. Yeah, I, I never and played Banjo the console. So. series. Uh, they're 30 years old now. Happy and, birthday, them. Yeah. And for th- they're releasing 30 games for $30 or I believe £20 in the UK Uh, going back to the 1980s the first game of which is Jetpack
0: Oh, jetpack. That's I mean that's just a joy. That's the original platformer for me. What a beautiful game that was. So I mean, the thing is, I, I I played it more recently on on an emulator. Uh, probably probably still about ten years ago. And it was crap. And, right? and it is basically I mean, unfortunately, <laughs> it is basically shit. But you know, but I loved it in the day. Well, I say loved it. I, it was it was better than like pushing two bits of plastic together, which was my other alternative in about mm. nineteen eighty three. But um, but what a game to bring back. So y- so it's you pay twenty pounds or thirty dollars and yep. you get all of them. You, you can't you say have... actually I just want p- if I give you forty nine p can I just have jet- jetpack. <laughs> You can't do that.
1: No, because this is Microsoft. This is the Microsoft model oh, okay. where you have to buy everything at one premium price.
0: So and it's just um, the, it's the original sort of Spectrum version, but it'll run on, a, on anything, will it? On a PC, modern PC.
1: I don't. You know what? I don't know if they're doing this on the PC. Um, oh, it's not even on the PC. I think what is it, it may only it be on for? the Xbox
0: One. Jetpack on the Xbox One? Yeah. That's a disgrace. <laughs> with, with a big border. So <laughs> yeah, imagine it on brilliant. your
1: 40-inch telly. And then after that, you can roll through Attic Attack, Luna Attic Jetman, Attack. Sabre
0: Wolf. Oh, come on. Uh, Nightlaw Nightlaw I might might just need five minutes to go and calm down You see Nightlaw was awarded 95% no it might even have been 98% by Crash Magazine in about 1983 and it was rated as one of the best games of all time and I never had it and I was so disappointed however um, that all sounds brilliant but as as a tightwad I'm not going to carry on past that Spectrum Emulator just download a Spectrum Emulator uh, download them from some some site.
1: You're now encouraging listeners of Ludacast to do something illegal, so I'll, well, I'll let you carry doesn't on. That,
0: didn't that previously, before this move, fall under the title Abandonware? No. <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> well, don't do anything I've just suggested, because that's illegal.
1: I don't think Microsoft could stick, unless it is actually, unless it is open. No, I, I'm not going to carry on with this. Um, so anyway. There are some titles
0: which are Abandonware, which you can do that with, but I guess, you know, check the copyright. Mm. Rules before you do,
1: but I think the summary of, of my message from what I got from E3 is I'm really excited because a retro games collection is coming out from Rare, uh, in which I can play Jetpack and and fight a, an opera singing uh, turd, which is a great section from Conker's Bad Fur Day. Or, I've no
0: idea what just happened. Are, no we, are we still doing the podcast?
1: Or I can play Cuphead. So you know, maybe I guess E3 didn't speak to me this year. I don't think it was for you. I'm not sure who I, it was for, probably teenage sure boys. For, no. And another disappointment, of course, was Nintendo completely abandoning the Wii U, basically, which I shelled out 200 quid for last year to play Mario Kart and have since played nothing. Um, there's supposed to be a Zelda game coming out, which is, you know, Zelda's like, the this is always the big event on every Nintendo console. And they didn't mention it. What? Why Why wouldn't I they? Surely that would be a huge seller. Well, I don't know. Have you seen the news in the past couple of months where they have admitted they're working on this new console? I can't remember calling it Project N or something it was called. That. And then there was a rumor it was going to be Android based, and there was a rumor about mobile, some sort of mobile integration. Maybe they're going to do smartphone offshoots, apps, whatever, you know. Nintendo, this very classically kind of walled garden kind of company.
0: Yeah. Sounds.
1: As apparently starting to open up a bit and now it looks okay. like they're going to throw the Wii U on the scrap heap and look at this new this new future.
0: But they've certainly pissed off their existing customer they've, base, or well, yeah. at least the Wii U installed. By, I've, I've got a Wii, um, which was given to me and I don't, I don't use very much. Use but, no, I hear but that a lot. The, the that Wii didn't cost much a long time ago. It's the most I ended up the in a cupboard
1: games console, well, I
0: think. I just think it's just it's too irritating to set up. But it's fine, it's it's fine. There's but a lot of wires. I'm not. It's a lot of wires and I'm not really a console <laughs> gamer, so doesn't really, doesn't really speak, I just, just,
1: just, just use a console because I, I just don't <laughs> well, no,
0: I, I prefer PC games with a bit more depth which we'll come on to shortly that's
1: fair so, so that, that feels like the most botched discussion of E3 I think I've ever been through But really, I, 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 liked I,
0: it. I thought it was quite uh, yeah. incisive
1: it, it, it was certainly that excellent great what's next
0: So what we're playing now, um, and I wanted to talk about Dwarf Fortress, which is something I've tried to get you get you into in the past. But unfortunately, you don't have the requisite uh, brain power to really understand its complexity. That isn't true, if we're being honest. Because I know
1: for a fact it's not called Dwarf Fortress. Oh, what is it called then? It's called Slaves to Armok. God of Blood Chapter 2 Colon Dwarf Fortress
0: Congratulations yes And that's why we don't use It's full title It's uh, abbreviated usually to uh, We we, I'm speaking on behalf Of the entire Dwarf Fortress Community here uh, Something which will make Them furiously angry If they ever found out about it Um, But it's uh, So In in a nutshell If you haven't heard of it It's um, sort of It's a bit Rogue. it's um, so it's by a little tiny little independent independent developer, two guys basically working from their bedroom. Um, they're funded entirely by donations, and you control a party of uh, seven dwarfs. It's, I should mention as well, um, aesthetically, it's rendered entirely in ASCII graphics. Yeah. So it, it, it's basically like looking at the Matrix when you first see it. It's just like, well, what, what do those letters mean? And after a while, it's like you know they say the, you, you get the best pictures um, reading a book. Um, well, you know <laughs> the, the graphics on Dwarf Fortress are all in your mind. The
1: graphics on Dwarf Fortress. Look that, like somebody opened a DOS prompt and repeatedly banged their head on the keyboard.
0: I have to admit, I was a purist. I've, I've played it for years. It's it's still technically an alpha, but you know updates come out every few months and add new things to the game. It's already incredibly complex and getting getting more so. Um, but I was a purist for many years. I more recently have given in and downloaded a graphics pack. Um, so <laughs> it's still, I mean, it's, which it, gives it graphics, which gives it graph. Well, basically, yeah, it gives it some graphics. But you know, it's it's not it's not exactly um, you know uh, Battlefront or. Uh, Battlefield 4 or... It's not exactly running the Frostbite engine, but it does, uh, you know, it animates uh, a few things and, and gives, it makes it easier to understand what's going on. But um, anyway, Why,
1: why it, have you suddenly started obsessing over Dwarf Fortress again? I think well, That's something, like,
0: something I dip in and out of um, every 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 few months. It's a game that's always kind of there in the back of my mind. And recently, um, I don't know, you just go through cycles of playing certain games. So I was a Warcraft player for many years, World of Warcraft, and I've dipped in, dipped in and out of that. I've managed to go clean now for a, uh, about a year. I'm not <laughs> intending to go back to that one. But, you know, then I get obsessed by FIFA for a while, while and, and then go on to um, some other game, uh, Elder Scrolls Online, perhaps. But right now, it's Dwarf Fortress. You know, like it, I think that's the way people play, that's the way I play games. I get obsessed by one for oh, a, a few weeks or months and then I go on to the next one. I think
1: market. I always get triggered by something, though. Like yeah. something will happen that makes me think, oh, I should go back to that. Now, I mean, know, yeah, so, so yeah, often, did something yeah. happen in the community that made you go, oh, or did you just wake up one day thinking I'll play Dwarf Fortress? I just, I just,
0: I, just, I really want to murder some dwarves, I thought. So I got into Dwarf Fortress because that's basically what happens a lot. The, the, the tagline of the game is losing is fun. And it, it basically, <laughs> eventually, you will lose. And you and your fortress will be destroyed by dwarfs. Any, by no, but or possibly by dwarves, but by a million other things. It could be by disease, it could by, be by, by flooding, by, it, it could, by, could be by magma, by a left which, bracket, which yeah, by a left bracket, which could represent an enormous, you know, fantasy mythical creature with which is actually unstoppable <laughs> and, could, and full of poison. but You just don't know. <laughs> well, no, you do know. The point is, you do know. You do know what it represents, and your imagination fills in the rest. It's not just like you see a left bracket approaching, and you've got <laughs> I don't, know what, I don't know what that is. Oh, it's it's attacking an aid, know what that is. Well, maybe at first it is. But yeah, the point the point is you get to understand it. You get to understand what these things represent. You can download graphics packs, so it does make I more know, visual that's sense. that's the second time you've said that. I know, but <laughs> because you're, I feel that you're ridiculing and not really going with me on this, which is which is a shame, because it's um, an amazing no, I game. Am, you know, I just um, wanted to talk a little bit yeah. about the complexity and depth. You've got these seven dwarfs, they're basically milling around doing absolutely nothing, so you tell them to, and you can't control them directly, you just give orders, and one of them, you know, with the requisite sort of uh, jobs listed under his, you know, what he's allowed to do, will go and fulfil it. So you say, you know, dig out these tunnels, um, carpenter, uh, build a carpentry workshop, try down some trees, make a bed, make some barrels. Uh, do you play fishing? Snow
1: White? Because what you're doing here is you're effectively recreating that song when she gets them all up off their asses and they start tidying the cottage. You could look at it that way,
0: but you're sort of the you're you're just. You're giving orders to the dwarf, so maybe you are like at maybe some sort of what? virtual Snow White. Snow but it's not really given that half the time, you know, it's it, it, it has incredible accurate models for everything. You know, fluid pressure, uh, weather systems, animal migrations. I things like you know, more than I could possibly go into. I know exactly what is the main thing you think when you're watching. So it doesn't it. But, have graphics. But, 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 but given it's using that a lot of the modelling is like you know, there's a lot of combat in it, a lot of violence, and it goes down to modelling, for example, an injury to a dwarf's little finger on his left hand and all their organs, and often these things get horribly mutilated by various things and still like shuffle off, bleeding and limping and vomiting, but still living. And then you look at them a few years later and they've got various half-wound scars and still crusted and vomit because you haven't managed to build a washroom for them and stuff. So given all those Good things, Lord. you don't often feel much like Snow White.
1: It took you a while to get there, but I take your point. Yes. Um, that sounds... It is. It's insanely I was going to ask you a really boring, leading... Journalistic red top question, but now I feel there's almost no point. What was that? I'll ask it anyway. Did Minecraft copy Dwarf Fortress?
0: Uh. Well, I, I, Dwarf Fortress has been cited by a lot of games as being an influence uh, to them. Um, Minecraft, I mean, it, this, I mean, it's not really that similar. No, I mean, you can mine down and find minerals, which is a lot of the point. You're trying to mine wealth out of the mountain and um, and trade it with various trade caravans that turn up and for, for goods. But Steve doesn't so, even
1: have fingers, so you can't break those.
0: No, maybe, there's probably there's probably a mod for that, I should think. Um, no, I, I, there's not a lot of similarities with Minecraft other than you are you know mining down and trying to create an underworld. Realm, perhaps, but no, it's it's very different from Minecraft. It's hugely complex. The U the UE, I mean, the, it, the the community describes it as a learning cliff. It's not a curve; it's a cliff. And it's you know, if if you're still with mm. it after ten hours, you're probably going to be suckered as I as, as I was. But all I would say is I'd encourage anyone to try and get through that. There are, certainly, you need you need to use an online wiki to explain what to do in your first you know few months in the game. Um, but it's worth persisting because the stories that you get out of it, the things, so actually one, a, a better way than, than me waffling on about it any longer, if you're interested in the game and Google the word boat murdered, um, which is the name of one fortress, which met with a very grisly end. And there's a story there. It was a community project with lots of people, you know, everyone would do a year in the game, pass the save file onto the next person. They would do a year in the game. Um, and the stories you can get out of the game are incredible. And that, um, and that's one of them. And it's a, it's a very good one. So boat murdered is something worth Googling. That's mm. would I suggest.
1: Boat murdered. Yeah. Was a succession game. I don't know what that means.
0: Well, it, it means of, it means everyone did a year and then passed on to the next person, so succession. It's
1: going to go well, isn't it? Of Dwarf Fortress on the Something Awful forums from 2007, this spawned an epic tale incorporating hordes of belligerent dwarf-eating elephants, yeah. floods of biblical proportions, flaming puppies, and more hilarious pranks
0: so just I'll just leave you before we you know I think we said it's probably about enough on Dwarf Fortress at the moment but just one thing at the end of the boat murder thing after many many years uh in game of lots of uh, I don't know I can't remember I think it's about 15 or 16 different people taking different years and building huge structures within the fortress and, and and you know fighting off wildlife and all kinds of things uh one of them created a or several of them uh, worked together to create a sort of a a, a magma defense um <coughs> channel around the um around the fortress which is not an easy thing to do but anyway um it all went a bit wrong and uh, you get migrants every year these last migrants to arrive before the succession game finished um, they were met by Uh, One of the uh, poor old war war dogs um, from the fortress, which had survived some battle with the elephants, and it basically had one leg left, was very badly singed, only had one eye, and it sort of crawled up to them and whimpered, and that was the first thing they saw before they entered the fortress. And that was like, so what I mean is, but you know, that would have been represented by this little, you know, badly, uh, well, just like a letter C or something crawling up to a bunch of very badly drawn dwarves. But if you click on the, you know, you'd click on the dog and and see its wean status, and your brain would fill in the rest. And trust me, it works.
1: I'm at a loss Do you like Final Fantasy 7?
0: Uh, isn't that an MMO these days? Isn't the Final Fantasy series now an MMO?
1: That That's a bit like asking if uh, I don't know Alien is Alien 4 now Do you know what I mean? Those are, those are different things I mean, Oh really? Final Fantasy 7 is a game It's not an MMO It's not a version Okay So Final Fantasy Each Final Fantasy game Has its own story And its own characters And its own but universe is it, is it an MMO? What Final Fantasy Seven? Yeah, no, right. See, that's what I'm trying to get it's at. A, Good. Okay. It's, it's an RPG from I don't even know actually. 1998. I, I think. thought that there is
0: a Final Fantasy that's an M- MMO though. Yeah, isn't fourteen. There? Flipping, heck, I'm confused now. Yeah. So I'll say seven's an old one.
1: Really old. Right, I'm but, with you. I didn't really mention much of the Sony thing, but uh, E3, but but the big Sony announcement was. Okay, okay. No, in fact, let's go back. Back in the early nineties. Final Fantasy games were two D JRPGs, top down, little you know, little yeah, pixelated. You made me
0: buy one, and I didn't really about. like well, it. I was seven, actually. It was but, seven. I bought. So, so
1: basically, when the you know when the PlayStation came out, and it was kind of like, whoa, we got CDs now, we got FMV now, we got you know, we can ship something on five discs and go mental with it, and it's going to be amazing. And that Wing Final Commander Fantasy, Four, right? But Japanese, so. So, oh my God, giant pink casinos made of cats and, and, you know...
0: What is it about the Japanese that makes them do this kind of I thing? I don't know.
1: Um, I, I, you know, a man clearly based on Mr. T with a gun for an arm who, who's just, uh, uh, yeah, just a mad stereotype and, you know, saving the world and destroying evil corporate nightmare companies. And it was, it was just this amazing story of kind of a ragtag bunch of people really making serious differences in a really weird, whimsical kind of way. And it had cross-dressing in it. And it had it had lots of cats in it. It had
0: a lot of padding between the brief combat sequences is what I felt. I only played you it for about padding, four or five hours. I
1: say story and so does everybody else. I, I didn't care. So about anyway, the story. it's been the Holy Grail to an extent because it, it kind of brought JRPG gaming to the West, it kind of brought the PlayStation to the West to an extent in terms of adventure games on there. And now basically every single year people have been saying to Sony hey remake it because it it looks a bit ropey now it's got it's kind of a hand drawn rendered backgrounds well yeah maybe you like it because you like ropey maybe you wouldn't (laughs) I don't like
0: ropey I like it anyway I
1: I think you make a good point because the thing about Dwarf Fortress is it's it's so reductionist it's pure it's you know it's symbology almost. It's like that represents that. Final Fantasy VII just looks a bit of a sludgy mess. Now. Yeah, it's okay. cute, you know. It's, but it's got it's got it's got early polygonal three D characters on these kind of hand drawn two D. You know, like the fixed camera kind of background. The
0: graphics didn't put me off at all. I mean, when I go back to the original Baldur's Gate, I don't, you know, that looks a bit ropey in modern systems, but I actually find it a little bit beautiful. I think you are
1: driven by nostalgia to an extent, though. But anyway, but
0: with Final Fantasy VII, I wasn't because I only played that as as, as, as a grown up, but I didn't find it ropey. I just found it didn't captivate me.
1: That's good. That that shows, you know, I don't know that you're a very mature minded. You're you're a true that was my point. Dwarf fortress. (laughs) (laughs) Enthusiast. But anyway, everyone's been saying to Sony, remake it, remake it, remake it year after year after year, and this year finally they said they were going to do it. And they showed an FMV of a, of a, you know, a, a really gritty kind of modern-looking set of characters. set, set you know, a mood. It's all very rainy and grim, and everybody's actually got proper proportions, arms and legs. And, and wow, that's, what a, what, no, I know, what what an what, update. Yeah, what an update. But it's like, and, but now they've since started to reveal. Well, it is going to be different, you know. And
0: was well, it going to be good?
1: oh come on it was good before you've got to drop this it's a classic but I mean it had such weird stuff in it like there's a bit when uh, there's a character so, so what, have they
0: cl- clarified what's going to be different no because so obviously the community is saying we want exactly the same thing again but with better graphics but
1: do the community want that and should the community want that and this is what I've been asking myself this week alone as I do in, in your in bedroom my yeah, by yourself exactly but no, no. did you answer
0: yourself or did you just ignore yourself and-
1: Final Fantasy 7 as, as, as I think most people most people appreciate it is a bit quirky and a bit weird. And a lot of its humour could not work. if it, Even if the dialogue was spoken, You know, I think a lot of the reason that its, it's surrealness works is because you're reading the text. And, and again, as with Dwarf Fortress, you're imagining okay. these conversations in your head. If you've got a voice actor sort of reading out I don't know. Hello, I'm I'm a guy, and I really want to buy a dress in your shop so I can break into this brothel to rescue my mate who wandered in there by accident. You know, it all makes perfect sense read in your head, but if you've I don't know, it's weird. It's a weird game. So there's a belief now this week, maybe that they're going to really normalize it and they're going to really they're going to interpret it in a in a more palatably modern way. Mm, and I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about that
0: my, my gut reaction is is that stupid that's not giving people what they want but then that makes me think what of do they want? what they probably don't even know well I, I think that if you ask them they would say we want the same game again with better graphics but that's exactly how I felt when I'm a big fan of the um, of uh, the Elite series so right. I, I played the original Elite on the Spectrum back in the day um, I played Frontier Elite 2 which is still one of my all time favourite games on the Amiga um, and uh, I've uh, downloaded various, various abandoned and shareware versions of that on, on the PC over the years and, and played the same game and what I last time I did that was um, before Elite Dangerous was announced and I thought God, I wish someone would just make this version but with better graphics because the graphics really are a bit of a hindrance but the game is wonderful and then i played elite dangerous which looks beautiful and i was flying around thinking i don't know what i'm doing or why mm. and it was so i, I, did I, you I felt originally
1: like, on the bbc version i don't or? know what the
0: difference was i don't know why i love the original frontier elite 2 but playing elite dangerous so i'm sure i have only played it for the first couple of months it was a bit you know it needed a bit more fleshing out um lots of other people like it so my experience is you know unique to me but um i, I felt like i was given exactly what i asked for and it turned out not to be what i really wanted
1: isn't that fascinating?
0: Uh, but it means I don't know what I expected. What I really—I mean, Frontier Elite 2 the, the missions are a bit easier to, um, to to get and to understand, and the the enhance the, the advancement in the game. You get money more quickly. You can upgrade your ships more quickly. In Elite Dangerous, I found that I was just not really progressing at all.
1: Are they trying to keep you there longer by making it a slower burn?
0: Well, I don't know. No, I don't think so. I, um, I think it was just early days and they didn't have many missions in. But the thing is, it hasn't got a subscription uh. fee, so they've got no. Once you bought the game, you bought the game. It's irrelevant. So I don't think there's, they're trying to keep you there longer but making it a slower burn uh, maybe they are that's not the impression I got I kind of wondered I mean I felt like I'd failed I felt like I just wasn't finding the right things to do so, <laughs> that's awful so not I failed play. you David I'm <laughs> so sorry
1: I don't like I mean I met David Braben once I think I've Yeah, na- such a name dropper oh, of oh, course, oh, of oh, course oh, yeah. I've
0: met David and he's a good friend of mine
1: and uh, he, he was he was showing off a, a, a Disney based uh, it was a connect game uh, where you walk around the Disney theme park this data. waving your arms around and you know before that he made a game where you pet a cuddly tiger and play football with it, and I, and kind mm. of looking back at his career history when Elite Dangerous was kind of mooted, I kind of thought, does he remember how to do this? And isn't that a cruel thing to, to wonder? But I, you know, and I'm sure he's got a great team around him, but but Ian Bell wasn't involved, was, was it? Was Ian Bell? No, know, I don't yeah. think so. So I kind of wondered, like, you know, did did Dave know what he was doing?
0: I think he did. I, well, a, a lot of when I, when I read about the game and I when I dip into the community to see what people are, th- are thinking and talking about it, it's, it, I haven't seen sales figures, but it seems very popular. And the people that are playing it seem to really like it. So um, I'm sure it's got a lot going for it. And it's one of those games that, like I mentioned in the last podcast, Pillars of Eternity. Um, I didn't feel there was anything massively fundamentally wrong with it. It just didn't immediately grip me. But hmm. I often dip into a game, dip out of it for a few months, and then go back and then adore it. Um, i've i did that with um uh vanishing of ethan carter for instance and now mm. so i'm sure i'm sure i've i've kept elite dangerous installed on my computer i'm sure i'll go back to it um but uh, and, and pillars of eternity as well but for the moment i've uh, left it there
1: i think it's a really interesting like wide debate though about what do people want do developers know what gamers want should you just crowdsource everything now, because you can you know yeah. like, incidentally shenmue 3 You've probably never heard of Shenmue.
0: Uh, Only because I googled big news from E3 and saw the word and thought,
1: Shenmue 3 to Kickstarter. I I mean, that is is literally giving the people what they want. It raised, uh, I think it got to $2 million in about an hour. Because there's a small selection of people who've wanted that game for so many years and now are going to be given it. But... I, I don't know, what does it say about art where something only exists because people ask for it rather than because there's an impulse by the creator to make it? And I, I don't know. Does that feed into this whole Well, there's whole also an impulse from the
0: creator to make it as well, otherwise it would never appear on Kickstarter.
1: But I, but I almost feel like he's making it more... In fact, I think he actually said, I'm making this because people keep asking me to make it, so I'm going to make it. And it's almost like, have did the best things come years back because they were made by an artistic impulse from someone? And now things are being made just because either... Guys in suits know it will make a lot of money, you know. Uh, Call of Duty, or mm. one guy in his bedroom knows a few people will buy it. Shenmu, and like, what's in the middle? You know? I think we've <laughs> I think we've encapsulated
0: this argument quite successfully already because we've talked about both ends of the spectrum. So we've talked about Dwarf Fortress, which is. You know, what two, two guys in his bedroom just doing what he creating the game that he wanted two guys in his bedroom uh, two guys, uh, two in, two guys, one guys one in his bedroom, bedroom. <laughs> two, well, they're, they're too brothers. much information they're, they're brothers so it started <laughs> as, two, fine, as, as two guys so they still share a bunk I, 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 I don't think their, their bedroom is really the point here um, so but they might even have been in the kitchen who knows but they created a game that they wanted and the community built up around it and mm. loved it and they're, they're now supported purely by donations so that's been a successful model for them and it's mm. a fantastic game as we mentioned but then we've also mentioned things like um, FIFA and Star Wars Battlefront which are huge um, EA money making behemoths that will sell brilliantly and will have a huge marketing machine behind them and they're made to make money and I'm hugely looking forward to both of them so I, I think you know is there a middle ground well does it matter Because because both things are perfectly valid and both have a chance of producing great games
1: Fair enough. Excellent. I think I'd just like to see more dwarf fortresses, and you know, maybe maybe more dwarf fortresses with a bit more publisher money behind them, you know. I've often Uh, thought if that's the missing gap now
0: I've often wondered despite despite my my purest thoughts I've often wondered wouldn't it be great if a major publisher got behind Dwarf Fortress and they could make it you know make it have have some sort of decent UE and look look beautiful and then it would be my it would just be my perfect game but then I wonder if again i will be playing that thinking oh I don't know it's not I've got exactly what I asked for again and it's not gripping me like the original version did so who knows maybe none of us know what we want
1: I don't think we do but I'm pretty convinced David Rabin knows what we want I hope so in all ways
0: and retro so uh oh any of you got any retro <laughs> i'm that excited for the for this for, for the for the section uh, well i'm excited by cuz i've got a game i want to talk about even if you don't
1: how retro does retro have to be
0: um I don't know, why, why we don't want to talk about a game well, that's I, not out I yet. I probably that's should probably
1: have put Final Fantasy VII in the retro section, and I've Oh, so done you've that, already so. done your... Okay, fine, well, so, can, um, can we talk no, about mine I'll, then? Yeah, yeah, no. yes, yeah, yeah.
0: Because mine is, um, and it's, this is a game I bought on GOG recently for um, very, very little money, a game I loved in the Amiga um, back in the day, uh, played it on the on the uh, PC after buying it from GOG, and it is uh, identical to the old Amiga version, which is no bad thing, it is Double Dragon.
1: You're kidding me. <laughs> I thought you liked
0: beat 'em ups <laughs>
1: I, I like good beat-em-ups. What is wrong with Double Dragon? I'm i not that into beat-em-ups, so maybe it's not it the best only has one button, as far as I remember. Two 3 but... No, three. Okay, so you, but jump, you, you, kick, and punch. It does not have jump, kick, and punch. Yes, it does. It has jump and punch. I
0: played it two days ago. It's got jump, kick, and punch. I have to admit, though... do kick... you have
1: to press up to jump or something weird like that, though? Uh, you have to just press just, jump a, and punch a jump together button. to jump on. No,
0: you, well, if you press jump and punch together, you do a different move. Okay, that's, that's not really what it's all about I'll
1: dial it back. I don't like Double Dragon because On every single format and version of the game I've played, it's been fundamentally unfair and you always end up in a knockdown cycle and die very quickly. Did you
0: play it on the original arcade version? Yes. Did that happen there? Yes. You're just bad at it.
1: You know those guys with a really big head?
0: Yes, the really tall guy, the extra yeah, big guys that are that, ridiculous uh, ridiculous. Yeah. No, but there's, there's ways around that. You, you just don't get into the knockdown cycle to begin with. Yes, that does happen, though. Yes, it does happen, and it, it's a bit irritating.
1: If I'm going to try, try to be as democratic as possible, it doesn't feel like a very balanced You can pick things up, up and throw them at people. To me. You can do that in uh, oh, I'm sure Final th- Fight. Did you ever play Final Fight?
0: I'm not a big beat-em-up fan, so I don't usually play these things, but I did like back in... This is a pure... This is the retro section. It's a pure nostalgia trip. It's got Uh, some good music. I'm sure there are better... uh, Thanks for that. Really tossing a bone here, isn't it? It's got some good music. I'm sure there are um, better examples of the genre, but, you know, it's... uh, On a pure nostalgia trip, I loved seeing Double Dragon on GOG, and I was very happy to buy it, and, uh... I, I used to be able to complete it every time I played it, this time i get through about you know, the first three screens and, and, and die horribly, but that's enough for me, I've, I've got my taste of the game and it's... it's um, <laughs> quick fix.
1: Nice. It's, it, it's a quick fix. Is it an arcade port? Do you have to keep putting false money into it?
0: Uh, but that wouldn't really work, that's a, that's a silly suggestion. It's good fun it. though.
1: Um, when I was a kid, I used, to, um, I used to go to Scarborough quite a lot on holiday and they had uh, the Robocop arcade cabinet there. Yeah. Did you ever play that? I think I did, yeah. And do you ever get past? I don't know, like level two, because I don't think anyone can. Because you fight Ed Two Hundred Nine at the beginning of first level, and he's really easy. And then the second boss, I think it's like this big thing just crushes you and kills you instantly. One time, I uh, using an emulator, I played all the way through Robocop, and it took a hundred and fifty three credits, which in twenty pence pieces.
0: <laughs> so how did you how do you tell it credits in uh, on an emulator? I think in May, you just, you just
1: hit F1 or something, and, it, right. yeah, and you can start putting false 20ps in. But it's interesting to see how much it would have cost. And I'm presuming I'd have been a bit less bad at games when I was seven. So, so, so
0: yes, but more credits in because you kept dying? Yeah, all the time. I, I, see, I right. mean,
1: by, by the last level, you're literally dying every two seconds. Well, it's
0: designed to make money for an arcade machine, isn't it? So, But,
1: you know... I mean, Is that upsetting gotta for a, you? It's got to be a realistic goal, right?
0: Well, in Double Dragon, I think this is a... Double <laughs> Dragon has a realistic you, goal. <laughs> it does. You've got to rescue your girlfriend. That's, that's worth a few 20-pence pieces.
1: Robocop, you've got to regain your humanity.
0: Pff, who needs it? That's overrated, actually. Nice. better. He's, he's better off as a robot.
1: He can do more stuff. You can't keep a gun in your leg if you're a person.
0: And he's got a fist that turns into a big spike, which is apparently his his main interface <laughs> with, for computers. <laughs> happens to be a big spike quite useful to punch people they, in the neck. They got
1: that right. That was the future.
0: Yeah. When is that, when's that going to come back for uh, today's devices? Big spike.
1: Big, big big spike.
0: Looking forward to that. Mm. What, have you got anything else to add for the <laughs> retro section?
1: Uh, no, because the only other thing I've been playing, um, uh, I, I got Metal Gear Rising Revengeance for five pounds. Revengeance? Been, Revengeance. They made up a word for this game. Um, it's not really retro. It's about two or three years old. It's... Um, and it's Metal
0: Gear Solid. It's not you know, a, yeah, not Metal Gear Solid,
1: which of course is a stealth kind of yeah. you know, sneak around you know, kind of game. Very again, inherently Japanese, quite crazy. Oh, it's Japanese? I didn't even know yeah, it's Hell yeah, um, Hideo Kojima, he's a sort of frustrated Name dropper. movie director. I've never met him. I did queue outside um, a shop once to buy one of his t-shirts and then I decided not to bother going in. That was the closest I ever got to him. But, uh, yes, so... There's a there's a company called Platinum who make crazy third-person shooters with lots of violence in them. And for some reason, Hideo Kojima gave them permission to make a game based on the Metal Gear Solid series. So it's a crazy run around jumping. Okay, at the end of Metal Gear Solid, the entire game builds up to you having to fight a ginormous... This Metal Gear robot, this kind of biped, huge kind of missile. Firing. Why am I thinking?
0: I'm thinking. Why am I thinking of Baymoth. that? Of that Will Smith uh, cowboy film? Uh you remember the no. Oh, with, with the this, tarantula. Yeah, with the huge metal tarantula at the end.
1: I did say bipedal though, which of course is two legs.
0: But I stopped listening by that point. So that's
1: the end of the game. That is the entire kind of twenty hours of this game is built up fighting this machine, and you barely escape with your life. You know, you manage to deactivate it somehow, and it explodes. Within. A minute and a half of starting Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, you are grabbing a Metal Gear by the leg, swinging it round your head, and slamming it into the ground while it falls to bits. That's kind of the difference. So I'm quite enjoying it. So I, I'm I'm playing a sort of reconstructed miserable cyborg man who is just slashing everything to bits. It's got um analog sword control, so when you get close to an enemy, you can use the le- left control stick to move the sword anywhere you like to actually oh, just chop fun. everybody into tiny ribbons, <laughs> and the more you do, the more like points you get. And you can tear their hearts out. And that's not at all refill. psychopathic. No, it's really good. I'm Wonderful. I'm definitely not feeling at all over excited by even talking about it. Oh good. Yeah, so, I, I can
0: see the bloodlust in your eyes. <laughs>
1: so there we go. I'll go home and play that now. Fantastic, make sure you do.
0: Uh, Good, well, I think that's about all we have time for, for uh, this edition of LeedyCast. So thanks very much for listening um, and we will see you again next time.
1: Goodbye, thank you.